0: Following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Good morning. Well, it's good to feel a little more whole, I guess, as a family this morning. Um, can tell winter is is really, really over. No, really. (laughs) Really. (laughs) Maybe we'll see tomorrow. Uh, Anyway. Well, last week uh, we began with a brief introduction to the letter to the church at Philippi. Um, And I know that uh, we spend an awful long time just reading, um, but I think that's important to uh, Remember that the Bible is not just a textbook. Uh, and we are not just given assignments of facts to memorize and, and just parrot back on some written exam, some test. The Bible has been given to us to mold our character into the image of Christ. And I have to admit uh, that in my younger days, which will mean something different to most everybody here, uh, uh, anyway, six or seven years ago, I spent a great deal of my time and energy criticizing the church and dreaming of one day planting a church that would be perfect and we can finally do church right. Hmm. So I thought and I wrote and I strategized and I planned on how to do church right, all the while being at odds with everyone who would disagree with me uh, and my ideas of what church ought to be like because I don't know, if you picked up on this, but not everybody, thing like me, uh, to the praise and glory of God. <laughs> anyway, eventually, I was given the opportunity to come all the way to West Ossipee, New Hampshire, to finally do church right. This sounds really funny as I'm saying it, didn't didn't when I was writing it down. And after the initial shock of the transition, both for me and my family and the church, uh, the Lord has started now to showing me something that I guess I never grasped before. And I have to be honest, um, I feel a little bit like the Grinch who stole Christmas. Um, standing on a snowy mountain tub uh, as all the Who's down in Hooville celebrate Christmas despite all their presents and trees and decorations have disappeared. There's me. He puzzled and he puzzled until his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps means a little bit more well this all sounds kind of dumb let's pray and we'll look at the Bible instead read Dr. Seuss okay maybe some of that makes sense I don't know let's pray Father we thank you for bringing us together as a family this morning we thank you Lord that your plans for your church have stayed put and we thank you Lord that you have revealed them to us here in your word we pray, Father, that this time as we spend time in your Word to listen for your Holy Spirit to speak, that you would soften our hearts, that you would enlighten our perspective, that we see things the way you want us to see them, that we as a church family would be conformed to the image of Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Well, all right, so reading the entire letter of Philippians last week means that um, we don't have to work our way through an entire series of sermons on chapters 1 and 2 before we get to chapter 3 of verse 17, all right? Chapter 3 of verse 17 says, oh, thank you, just water. Thank you. Chapter 3, verse 17 of Philippians says, Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Now I'm not going to preach on the chapter 3 verse 17. We'll dig deeper into that when we get there to chapter 3. But for now we take it at face value and do as we are instructed as Paul says to us. So with the thought of imitating the Apostle Paul let's look at our text for this morning Philippians chapter 1 verse 1 through 11 and that's page 980 in the Pew Bible and up on the screen as well. So Philippians chapter 1, start of verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons, grace to you and peace from good our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I ask you, what does Scripture sound like when you read it? When you're reading the Bible for yourself, if you do that, which I hope you do, what does it sound like? Does it sound cold and flat like a robot? Can you hear the warmth and affection in the words? This letter from the Apostle Paul, straight from his heart. Now, I have to admit to you, I did not use to read the Bible this way. I didn't hear it that way. I heard instructions from the textbook. All I saw was instructions, and I saw instructions that the church was disobeying, not to get a church right like it's told us here Paul and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons aha see look it says right there church has to have overseers and deacons you not do that well you'll get it wrong right overseers deacons overseers that word episcopoi that means elders you don't have elders in your church? ha you do it wrong. Not official board, not quarterly business meetings and congregational government and votes over carpet colors and what flavors of coffee you ought to have? And the deacons, deacons, they're not official board, they're servants, they're ministers, not the power behind the pastor. they're not the policymakers. You' ought to get a church wrong. I just, I, I have to be, you know, confession good for the soul. It's feel good for me, and you're laughing, so it's uh, fine. I guess we're getting something accomplished here. Now, now, don't get me wrong here. We have elders in our church family, overseers, right, as it says here, um, as we ought, and we have deacons, so we don't uh, call them deacons, we call them ministry leaders, but it's the same role, and that's good. It's God's design for what's care for his church. That's what the Bible says. And even if we get those pieces right and we get the rest of this passage wrong, we're probably much further away from God's design for his church than we'd care to admit. See, in my mind, it was just about a structure. Once you get the structure right, God bless it, everything goes good. And I thought that until like Wednesday of this week. Let's let's look at verse 3, 3 through 6. Paul writes, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Every time I think of you, thank God for you. And every time I pray, I pray for you with joy. That's what Paul say here. Do you hear the warmth in his statement? This is an old textbook. These are words from a brother's heart. This is an attitude that we are called to imitate, remember? The imitators of me. That word in verse 5, partnership, That's the word that Mr. Aaron introduced us to a few weeks ago, koinonia. Do you remember? Fellowship. Now, that's not just coffee and donuts and talks about the weather and sports, although I believe that's where biblical fellowship begins. (laughs) But it means a joining together in partnership and participation in the work of the church, in the spreading of the gospel, in the maturing of the saints. Their participation, the church of Philippi, their participation in, Paul in sharing the love of Jesus and his atoning death on the cross brought Paul much joy. And well he should have. There's nothing more joyful than seeing your work pay off generationally. Right? Meaning that those with whom Paul shared the gospel were now sharing the gospel with others, and they with still others. Because every person that you share the love of Jesus with is a testimony to the work of the person who shared the gospel with you. And it's a wonderful blessing. Wonderful blessing to hear of those things. That's why I like to say, don't don't forget Eunice Vincent, who shared the gospel with me. When I was just a little kid. Anyway. So now we're going to look at one of those fortune cookie verses we talked about last week. Verse 6, And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now that looks really good on your uh, greeting card or coffee mug or calendar. But we can't remove it from his context to make it mean something that it never did. Now, the he, obviously, he who began a good work is clearly the Lord. But what is the good work? Now, because we read English, we're at a disadvantage. The you, he who began a good work in you. Now, um, John and uh, Andrew can testify that you, plural, is (laughs) Y'all, right? I'm not going to say it that way, but you guys, that's a little more accurate. You guys, closer to the original Greek than (laughs) y'all. The you here is plural. It's not singular. So he who began a good work in you guys, right? Y'all, I'm not from down there. The U is plural and not singular, so it's not meant for one individual, but it's meant for the whole church, to all the, receiver, the receptors of this letter. Now, judging from the context that we've just been looking at, what's the good work? Isn't the good work that God began amongst them the work of the gospel? It's the spreading of the gospel. So he who began a good work in you, amongst you, will complete it he will be faithful to complete it. The Lord, through Paul and his team, planted a flag for the gospel there in the city of Philippi, just as he has done here in West Osby. And the gospel spread outwards from there and will continue to spread until the work is completed on the day that Christ Christ's in glory. That's how the gospel works. And that is the work that God completes when Jesus returns. It's a work that we must continue because it spread all the way from that, uh, that city on the coast of Macedonia and it made it this far. We are beyond the ends of the earth as far as Philippi is concerned. I think that's pretty cool. Again, the confidence that the work of the gospel would continue in and through them brought much joy to the apostle and fueled his remembrance of them and his affection for them. He didn't just like them personally. He liked what they were doing, too. It brought him joy that they didn't just hear his words and say, that's nice, preacher, good sermon, shake his hand, and then go off and do life and and not follow anything that they've been told to do. But they were doing it. That brought him joy. Look at verse 7. He says, It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. When my only concern for the church was that we were doing it right, doing church right, I was missing out on this beautiful reminder of just how bound together we are in the love of Christ. I cared mostly about systems and hierarchies and facilities and programs and paperwork and honestly, my own influence. That's what mattered the most to me. Now, I have to ask, I've been forced to ask this question and wonder, am I the only one? Am I the only one that thinks that it's just about doing church right? Maybe I am. And if I am, I'm happy. Uh, I guess the question is not really whether or not anyone else thought of church exactly the same way that I did, but rather, how do you think about the church? What does the church look like in your head and in your heart? We come, we sit, we pray, we stand, we sing, we sit, we pray, we stand, we leave. Is that it? Is that all we do? Is that all we are? Or, as fellow partakers of grace, do we yearn for each other with the affection of Christ, the love and compassion that Jesus has for us? Do we long to be together because we love each other and we hold each other in our hearts? Now, it's not easy for me, but I have to admit that I was wrong, even though I was technically right. The Lord gave us a design for His church in His Word, and I did my best to make sure that we're hitting all the points of how a church was supposed to be structured, and I tried to make sure that we had avoided the pitfalls of human logic and pragmatism that led to having to vote on everything and wasting resources on things that are not part of God's design for the church. The Lord gave us instruction on sound doctrine and holiness in His Word, and I've tried my best to make sure that we were all well-educated on how we ought to live as Christians. Now, I'm not saying to you that everything I've ever said or done was wrong, but I will admit I was missing the point on a lot of it. My prayer has been that we would all understand and obey God's word to read our Bibles and apply it to our lives. Is that wrong? No. It's just incomplete. So now, I want my prayer to match verse 9 through 11. To match Paul's prayer, if I'm just about follow instructions, if follow the instruction of chapter verse chapter three verse seventeen, to imitate Paul, as he had such fond remembrance and affection for these people. Verse nine. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more, with knowledge and all discernment. So that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that your spirit has been at work on my heart this week Uh, showing me the incomplete picture I had of the church I pray Lord that our love for one another would abound more and more that we would truly yearn for each other to be concerned and have compassion for one another as you have truly sewn us together as a family I pray Lord that these would not just be empty words that uh, the idea of family is something that's nice and warm and fuzzy and we like it on Sunday and it might carry all the way to lunch but then we forget I thank you Lord that you have put us in this place at this time together to worship you to grow in faith to grow to be more like the Lord Jesus and to do that with one another, that we're not alone. I thank you for that. I pray your spirit to continue to work on our hearts as we enjoy that love and enjoy that great affection that we can have for each other. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipie, New Hampshire, 03890.